hey guys, if you are lacking a sense of purpose, especially in this season, or you're struggling with self-acceptance and self-worth, I really want to encourage you to listen to this podcast. Why not start afresh and find out more today about discovering your greater purpose in life that will bring you joy and fulfillment. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Building Resilience. This is Abel here, your host, and today we are having a conversation with one of my friends. His name is Nikki Lim. He's a dear friend. He's a motivational speaker. He's a coach. He's a racing enthusiast. He's also a former champion for paintball. Yeah, that's something that amazes me when I first came to know about. And last but not least, he's also the author of a book called Coming Alive. Let us welcome Nikki Lim, everyone. Awesome, awesome. Thanks thanks for the very generous um, introduction, Eba. I think that was too kind. <laughs> I'm just like any, any other uh, person who's just passionate about life. And uh, I'm feeling good. I mean, uh, there's so much going on. I mean, it's been three years since we last had a conversation on Youth of My. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, man. It's been three years since our last interview, our last conversation, and so many things has happened. We're talking about a global pandemic. We're talking about lockdowns, uh, me traveling, you doing different things. So, Nikki, share with me what are some interesting highlights that's happened since then? Wow. So I think so I think the last three years, well, obviously, you know, I've gone I've gone through a pandemic. But I think beyond that, um, it's been quite exciting because I mean, launching a book. Then I think that at that time when we 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 were catching up on Youth of Mai, um, the first time we did the video, it was I was in this um, I was in this very very strange journey, right? I mean, going through different different ups and downs. But at the same time, I was also working in advertising, you know. So after I left. So after advertising, I went, I wanted to become a racing driver. I went to pursue it. I became a racing driver. And then I actually went to work at a go-kart track. Now, of course, a lot of things have happened in the last three years. I'm now running my own business. And um, yeah. Cool. Wow. Go-kart track. That, that sounds really fun. I don't think I've gone go-karting for a while. Yeah. So Nikki, if you could just share, were there any highlights during this time of the lockdowns and pandemic so i think the pandemic has definitely challenged me to go beyond my comfort zone um i'm very as a as a motivational speaker as a trainer i'm very used to training in front of crowds but trying to start moving into training people online i think that's a whole different ball game altogether and of course i was never always prepared to train on camera why because the the whole atmosphere of online learning is very different from traditional face-to-face learning. So I think that was one of the big things for me, for sure. Yeah, man, you're absolutely right. I've done some virtual or they call it remote um, training uh, using platforms like Zoom and man, engaging these crowds is just very different from when you're training physically on stage or in a room with them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So how, how did you go about that, man? So, I mean, I suppose when you're training face-to-face, right, you can really sense the room from one corner to the other corner. But then after that, you know, when you're training online and, you know, although people have their camera on, sometimes it's very hard to have a feel of the room and get a feel of the environment. And also, um, 
deliver the correct messages, the, the right words. So it's a, I wouldn't say it's impossible. It's just a bit more tricky than usual. But I think we are coping all right. I mean, we're, it's, it's been two years, right, since the pandemic started. I think we should be getting good at it now. Yeah, I hope so. Really, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things that you just do um, in Zoom, right? And, and when I'm doing training remotely, um, the difference is that like normally when you're in the meeting room or the conference room or the hall, you get to really feel the energy. You get to hear the people clap, shout, or give you that feedback instantly. But now it's like, quiet you get emojis or claps and it's it's really different yeah mm-hmm. so i think a lot of the uh affirmation for me comes from or at least the a lot of the engagements for me uh, i find that comments are very important comments questions i think those are the most important because that's that's more of a sign to say that hey you know what i'm involved and i'm interested and i want to know what what kind of questions you can answer so i think the comments but yeah, I'm fully with you on that. I think the uh, the claps are very, very important. Yeah, so I guess those are some of the changes yeah, that happened since the lockdown and all. All right, putting training aside, I'm just curious to know, like for you, Nikki, um, what surprised you about yourself during this lockdown? Was there something surprising? So, um, well, that's a very good question. So prior to the whole lockdown, I was always out there doing talks, speaking to people. But at the same time, I've never really had much time to myself. Now, come the pandemic, it's completely opposite. I mean, it's very different, you know, when you are when you are at home and you're talking to people online and you're getting messages, you're reading more messages than getting facial facial expressions and signals, tones as, as signals. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I've definitely learned is I've learned the need to balance the both. Reason why is because um, when I was out there, I never really had the time to to process, to internalize things. But at the same time, while while we spend so much time at home, you know, we we spend twenty four hours a day at home, literally. Um, sometimes they tend to be over creation of ideas mm. because you just you just got so much time. Mm, yeah. Wow. My next question was, how are you coping with it? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so for me, I think the overcreation, what you said, was really really interesting because um, you're right. Thoughts, ideas, thoughts and ideas are neutral. It can be positive or negative. Um, and again, if you have too much time and space, which is what happened during this pandemic and lockdown, uh, it can be overwhelming, like you said. And uh, on the other hand, for me, um, I do recognize that I need that space to be creative. I do need that space um, and that it does help me to focus a lot more when uh, I am not going out as much, not um, spending too much time uh, moving about and just being stationary. I think it does help. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a bit different. I don't get easily overwhelmed by uh, these creation of thoughts. In fact, I am. I need to st- be less busy of doing doing things and and have that space and time to just be creative. So that's a little difference there. Yeah. So so prior to the pandemic, I've always thought that oh, someone's either a full extrovert or full introvert. But I noticed that at least for me personally, I realized that we really need the balance of both. Like I do miss going out there, speaking to people, 
getting a feel of the room and making a real impact. I'm not saying you can't make an impact, but I suppose the uh, whole experience is very different, lah, right? And we got to try and adapt as much as we can. Yeah, I suppose the the pandemic in itself has really helped us to get to know ourselves a, a little better or mm. even a lot better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Nikki, since the last time I spoke to you, and it's been a while, um, the one thing that I recognized in you the one thing that stands out the most is just this passion that you have uh the 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 amount of passion that you have when you do things when you speak and that really ties in with your book which is titled um coming alive um do share with us you know like what's the connection between you and passion so i think the um i mean it's it's a really good question right passion um I suppose the word passion in itself can be derived in so many ways. Uh, for me personally, I think that passion is just the thing that it's the, it's that spirit of excellence, you know, wanting to just pursue something, be good at it and to do well, but not only to do it well for yourselves, but to really go out there and make a difference in another person's life. At least that's what I define passion as. You do something good that you want to achieve and you do it really, really well, and then you pass it on. You pass it to the next generation. You pass it to the next person who wants to become a racing driver, the next person who wants to become a paintball player, you know? So I think that is what I define passion as. Wow. Yeah, Nikki. I really like that sentence, to pass it on to the next generation. It really isn't just about us, because at the end of the day, um, there are people following us. There are people who are being influenced by what you're doing. And, and speaking about that passion again, uh, I have a metaphor in my, my mind, which is like a fire, right? And you got to find ways to keep that fire burning. You got to find ways to sustain that fire. So what about you, Nikki? What sustains you? What sustains your fire during this time? So I think um, what keeps my fire going during this pandemic is the opportunity to make a difference. Like, I mean, the only way that, one of the biggest ways you can make a difference is a time when, you know, there's a need. And I think that for me, what motivates me now is to be able to, to, to tell a good story to people who are struggling in the future. Because, I mean, the pandemic is quite universal, you know. Um, I don't sit on a pot of gold. I don't have a lot of money. I'm not rich. But at the same time, um, I'm also struggling. But I'm working at keeping my struggles at bay so that as long as I can survive, and I can do, and I can make the best out of this pandemic. Um, that's something that keeps me encouraged to keep going because I believe that people are struggling and people need to hear um, something positive. You know, there needs to be some hope, and I want to be able to create something or at least be in that position to inspire hope to people. Um, that's that's the thing that keeps me going. Of course, um, of course, you know, I I don't I don't just. Um, I don't just do it for, for the sake of, you know, telling good story. But I think that um, for me personally, I can't afford to sit down and not doing it, to, to not do anything. I think that if you're not doing anything, there's yeah. a high chance wow, that, you I know, absolutely um, agree with you, you will just continue I mean, to stay I just um, want to put it miserable and negative in the midst of all this bad news going on around us. At least that's my take on it. Many of us have lost uh, loved ones. Many of us has lost jobs, lost opportunities. And, and many of us are... Uh, in that crossroads where we have to pivot, we have to adapt, we have to change. Um, but yeah, we if we do nothing, and I do want to say this, that it is good to spend some time to reflect and think. Mm. And if we don't do anything about it, 
nothing's going to change. Yeah, internally, nothing's going to change. Externally, nothing's going to change. And well, that's never going to help us to, to, to move forward. And mm-hmm. I do believe that we need to find ways. We need to find um, new ways to move forward. Yeah. Okay, so I think on, on that subject, I think it's just a matter of um, keeping busy. Right. So I've been thinking about trying to come up with a slogan lately. And I think the slogan that I've been thinking about is think, do, and help. So I think it's think, do, and help. Because why? Because, um, you know, I mean, Inspiring Hope, there's just so many ways to put it, right? But I think more importantly, um, as long as we're keeping busy, that's that's what I feel works for me at this point of my, my journey, lah. Um, to, as long as I'm keeping busy, I'm doing stuff, I'm making mistakes, I'm learning from them, I'm doing things right. Uh, I think that there's always, there's always a story to share because I think that different people are in different seasons. But as long as we have different, different points that we can relate to people, talk to people, um, I think it's as long as we're doing it, I think that we are, create, we are inspiring hope at some point. Now, I just want to say this on the point of inspiring hope that Nikki, you are already doing that you're inspiring hope by just um, publishing this book and getting it out there. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And, and I like this quote that you have. It says, breakthroughs happen at the scribble of a pen. Yeah. And we're not talking about just um, the breakthrough of you publishing your book, but also the stories that are in there. Your stories, they are stories of breakthroughs. Could you just expound a little bit more on that, Nikki? Yeah, for sure. I mean... Um... I can't remember. There was an entrepreneur who was saying that, you know, um, oh man, this, this is such a, this, this is such a bad example, but I think the the main message that he was trying to say is the fact that as long as you're making mistakes, you will learn from it and you will do it better. So um, maybe the better way to say it is practice makes perfect, you know? So I think it starts with scribble of the pen because um, just going back to the fundamental lifestyle, right? We always started with scribbling things on a pen and then after taking taking ideas, penning it to paper, and then bring it out from there. So I think that as long as you're you're putting out stuff every day, I feel like you will keep moving. It's either you, you do it better or you learn how to not do it that way. So I think that's that's the whole concept of uh, putting it to pen. Wow. Thanks for that, Nikki. And it isn't just about keeping busy, right? It's like, I mean, there are people out there who are just keeping busy daily without much purpose or goal and in your book coming alive uh, there is this whole section that talks about purpose um, could you share that uh, with us like what does it mean to live with purpose for you so um well it's really interesting you asked me that question because i mean i haven't really thought about purpose for such a long time you know um but perhaps it's also because it's it's been so part of what i do that I don't consciously say that, okay, I'm doing this because I want to do this. I know that I'm doing this and I know, and I already know at some point it will come back handy to help someone else in the future. Like many things that I've done in the past, like perhaps five to 10 years ago, um, things that I failed have come back as useful nuggets that I can use to share with people. So I don't consciously think about purposely doing something now, but I suppose um, I know that whatever I do now will have an impact at some point in the future. Yeah, definitely, Nikki. I see that um, purpose is just something so integral for you and it's just automatically you living out your life uh, purposefully. And perhaps it's not the same for everyone, 
and um, that you got to go find your purpose and you got to ask that questions. And those questions can be found in the book, Coming Alive. And there's this whole section about purpose that you can ask yourself questions to find out more about your purpose in life. And Nikki, I mean, it's so automatic and unconscious for you. Were there moments where you regretted living life so purposefully? I don't know. Um, so when, maybe when I was much younger, I did regret doing certain things. But I realized that at the end of the day, there's no point regretting. I think that no matter what we do, we learn. And as long as we learn, we will, we will be conscious about decisions. So I, I don't, you know, I mean, there's, there's no regrets that I have. Do I, wish, do I wish that I did some things differently? I think everyone does. I think some, there are some things in my life which I wish I did sooner, not later. So things like, you know, publishing my book. Um, I mean, I don't mind sharing with you. I, I sat on my book for a good two years before I really published it. Why? Because I was afraid of, you know, people judging me, people saying that, hey, you know, what are you trying to do, trying to be all that? So, um, and I realized that for that two years, I was very comfortable. And it came to a point where I was so comfortable about not sharing good stuff that I started to become like that guy who started bearing all his talents and it was going to waste. So, um, so as I look back, sometimes I say, hey, you know, think about the amount of lives that you could, you could have impacted within that period of time. Wouldn't that have been amazing? And, I, and of course, to a certain degree, it does. But having said that, I realized that, okay, two years have gone by, there's nothing I can do. But what I can do is I can be conscious about whatever I'm doing now and making sure that, okay, let's not make the same mistake. And if I do struggle to, to do something, to, to just get myself out there, I think I just got to talk to friends. And I think that has been a very big help because having accountable buddies in your life is, is really a big thing. And man, I have to say this, I'm so glad that writing this book is part of your purpose or just being a great writer because Nikki, you are a great writer to me and I, I've been inspired by you writing this book and it inspires me to want to complete my passion projects, the things that I'm, I love to do as well. Oh, thank you, man. I mean, that means a lot. Um, yeah, I, I really do appreciate that. Yeah. And, and in this book, Nikki, you, the second section is talking about resilience, right? And uh, now it's something that's quite a big topic. People are learning how to develop grit, how to develop resilience. And resilience is really just someone who's, who's going through some challenges and they hit rock bottom and they're able to bounce back. And that's what, uh, that's what resilience is. They're able to bounce back. And that's what resilience is. So, Nikki, for you, um, because this book was, you, you've written it in 90 days. And in a way, you, 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 you've, and in a way you, you've launched it only after two years. Um, so, in a way, this book has, uh, it came alive again. <laughs> it resurrected. What were your thoughts, Nikki? Like, what was going on in your mind in this two-year period before you launched it? And what led to the point where you go like, okay, I'm going to launch it. And what's the difference after that? Um, so I think how the book came alive was um, for two years, I struggled with um, someone saying that I was writing too long. And I think that really affected me because it then made me question of whether my book, my work was good enough. And... Of course, you know, going through that two years, it was constant back and forth. Should I do it? Should I not do it? Should I do it? Should I not do it? 
And eventually, I came to a point where I, it came to a point where I almost shelved the whole book idea completely. But I think what really changed was the fact that um, I had a training session with uh, our Malaysian F1 driver, Alex Yong. And he was saying, you know, hey, Nikki, you know, why not you come and run a training program and help me and let me know how you can help my, my existing trainers become um, at least a certain degree basic to have basic presentation competency so that they will be able to train. And at that point in time, I said, well, what better way to give a gift, which was my book. And when I gave that book, I think it was a very, it was a very changing moment for me because I think at that point in time, it literally felt like coming alive again. Like um, someone would actually say, hey, you know, your work is good enough. Why not you share it? And that's when the, the whole concept came up together. And I said, okay, let's use this book to help people come alive. And of course, not doing training for over two years, it was kind of like an eye-opening for me because it just fell off my brain. You know, it wasn't something that I was focused on. But, but seeing how people came alive in that training, that was good enough for me to just want to come alive. And I said, hey, if we can do this for so such a small group of people, why not let's do it for a bigger scale? And what better way to start with my book? So that's how it came alive. Yeah, and I think Nikki is just going to go bigger from here, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to it being way bigger than this. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine it for sure. And the funny thing is that you said that people were commenting how uh, how when you write, it's really long. And for me, people have commented that I wrote I write too short. Like, it's really mm-hmm. short. So if we were to listen to all these noises, right, all these comments and uh, let that affect us, I think um, we wouldn't be able to express ourselves fully, right? Our, our, to bring out our uniqueness per se. Yeah. Yeah. What are your, th- what are your thoughts about that? I mean, um, noises will always be noises and we have to manage it. If we don't let it, if we are not consciously managing it, it's going to get to us, period. Um, I, I don't want to mention any names, but I had a mentor who was then, I was following and I realized that it was, it was so different. You know, I mean, um, I think that you got to have right mentors in life first. If you've got mentors who are always negative, always um, bringing people down, always talking you down and, you know, trying to change you into someone you're not I think that's only going to be very bad but on the flip side I think that I learned what I, I learned what um, makes a good mentor and I realized that you know uh, we all learning how to choose a mentor is a skill right that's one and I think the thing is the fact that look not everybody's going to like your work period no but not everyone's going to like you not everyone's going to not everyone's going to buy whatever you're going to sell to them but at the same time as long as you focus on giving value i think that the whole consciousness of self am i good enough am i am i handsome enough pretty enough smart enough um they are right good enough i think all of that will become a secondary focus um and i think that was something that i had to focus on consciously focus on to make sure that you know i can keep the noises at bay and that just that just reminds me of like um stand up comedians, right? I've watched some of it on Netflix and and different on YouTube as well. And what's interesting is that you can't please everyone on stage. You can't mm-hmm. tell a joke where every person in the in the crowd will laugh. And so this is what one of them said. They said that you you're actually going up there, you're telling a joke, and you're also finding out who is laughing at your joke, who finds you. Uh, funny who who is attracted to your uniqueness actually 
And I, I thought that was really um, profound for me because, uh, yeah, they are comedians, but it's the same for us. Uh, who's going to be attracted to what I have to say? What's my, the content that I believe in? And um, I think that's, that's really the way to go, even about living life. It's um, not just about pleasing everyone, but mm -hmm. really being connected to those who feel connected to you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're just going to shift gear now. So we talked about living life purposefully and we talked about resilience. Um, and now we're going to go to this section in your book, uh, which is about confidence. Um, so how, how do you stay confident or how do you now knowing your purpose, being resilient, how can we develop confidence, Nikki? Um, okay, I won't deny that I'm not the most confident person in the world. I, I don't think I am the most confident person in the world. I think I'm probably very determined as a person, but confidence is not something I would proudly say that, hey guys, I'm a very confident person. I don't. Um, reason why is because, I mean, I do have my up, my up moments. I do have my down moments. I do have times where, where I feel like, wow, I can jump in. I can conquer the world. And the other time where, you know, I feel like, oh man, I can't even get out of it. I do struggle with that as well. You know I mean? And I realize that it's a conscious effort to keep working at it. And I think when it comes to confidence, I think confidence goes hand in hand with the determination. At least for me, I realize that the determination drives me to pursue confidence to achieve what I want to achieve. So like, for example, if like, hey, you know, I want to, I need to, I need to, um, I'll tell you a very interesting story. So what happened was yesterday, I was actually, I was actually in a car park. And given how I haven't gone out in so long, uh, I've been very accustomed to using e-wallets. So I, I didn't have any cash in my wallet. And what happened was well, I went to... Um, what's cash, right? <laughs> yeah, what's, what's cash, you know? We're so used to just QR scanning, scanning QR codes to get everything done. So I got stuck in a car park yesterday because I only had like three ringgit and my parking was two, was five ringgit. So I said, okay, the next ATM machine is 20 minutes away. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to like ask someone for money? Can I borrow some money? So, and I didn't know who to talk to, right? Because I was in a car park alone and I had to go out and I had to look at different, different stores. And I came to the, um, to the valet parking guy because I knew that the valet parking guy is going to always be there, right? So if I wanted to return him the money, I could just drop by and pass it to him. So was it confidence that drove me to speak to the guy and borrow two ringgit so that I could pay for my parking and come back another day? Or was it confidence? So I think on that sense, I think um, determination was what drove me. And confidence became the byproduct of what, of what came out of that. Because I, I, did, I did share this, this story with a friend. And I was telling her, I said, hey, you know, like I, I got stuck in a car park yesterday. And he says, wow, you're so confident. You spoke to the guy. I said, no, I think I was more determined to get out of the car park than being confident. <laughs> because if otherwise, I would not have just gone up to him and, you know, want to talk to him, right? So I think, the I think it was determination that drove me towards confidence to pursue what I wanted to. Yeah. Well, um, what time was that, Nikki? <laughs> oh, that was... That was at seven o'clock. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking, oh man, this could be like late night. Like you, you're stuck there in this car park at like oh, twelve no. midnight. Oh no. <laughs> okay, so it's it's earlier. So I I think just coming back to the point, uh, confidence. I think confidence is just something that that just um comes along the way as you. It's a result of what you, of of what you do. 
you know, I don't think that confidence is a state of mind, but it is um, who you are. And I think that as you do more, you, you, you conquer more fears, you conquer more challenges, you become more confident. Like if you were to, if you were to ride a bicycle and you've never ridden a bicycle before, um, what would make you ride a bicycle? Okay, it's determination. What, what gives you the ability to ride the bicycle faster? It's the confidence of having done it many, many times. And as you grow more confident, you will do better. So I think that's, that's what I define confidence as. Wow. Well, Nikki, thank you so much for just coming on and sharing these things with us. It's invaluable. And uh, just before we end, I, I just want to say, um, with all these points that you've made, purpose, resilience, and confidence, could you just share with the listeners here, especially those who are overwhelmed, who are still feeling lost in this time of um, recovering or adapting in this lock, from this lockdown and pandemic times, um, what can you say to them? And, um, and how, can, how can they come alive you know, um, from this season? Okay, um, to anyone who's out there listening, if you're feeling dead, you're feeling demotivated, I don't blame you. You know, I think that the, the pandemic is a very demoralizing time. Um, it's very depressing and there's bad news everywhere. Um, you know, people losing their jobs, uh, loved ones dying, and, and there's just so much bad news on social media as well. You know, um, I get an average of two condolences posts a day on my social media account. And that makes me feel very depressed because I feel like, oh man, what about me? Am I going to be next? There's always that fear. But having said that, I think that trying to come alive during the pandemic, trying to stay positive during the pandemic, it's not going to happen by chance. It's got to, it's got to happen by choice. So, um, so I think to anyone who's out there listening, I'd encourage you, you know, do something different for yourself. Go out and keep doing something. Um, either do it at home or do, do something. Challenge yourself to keep growing during the, this pandemic. Because I think if you don't grow, then we are always leaving ourselves to... To, to circumstances and allow circumstances to define us. And the truth be told, the circumstances within our world, our circle right now, isn't great. So if we were to continue soaking ourselves in that, we will just end up being like that. Wow. Well, thank you, Nikki, once again for sharing all these things. I know... Um, I really appreciate you for coming on to have this conversation with me and I'm sure the listeners have gotten some great learnings. Pleasure, man. Anytime, bro. Anytime. And if you, if we weren't recording, Nikki, I know we've been talking for uh, another couple of hours because uh, we, we just can have that conversation but we're recording and so we're going to stop. But right before that, uh, I just want to say list to all of you guys who are listening, um, if you are interested to get that book that Nikki is... Uh, uh, talking about the three points purpose resilience and um, confidence it's in this book called coming alive and it's available you can order it online um, from his website nikkiracingwriter.com again nikki n-i-c-k-y racing r-a-c-i-n-g writer w-r-i-t-e-r dot com and over there you can click order my book and there's this book called coming alive do get it do buy it and read it if this is the season where you are finding yourself wanting to come alive, I encourage you to get that and even get connected with Nikki through his website. Once again, thank you, Nikki. And guys, if you like this episode, if you want to know more, 
If you'd like to have more conversations and more content on building resilience, do follow um, the Spotify podcast series or check out youth.my slash coaching for more details. Take care, guys, and stay safe. Bye.